0: topic that I want to talk about is comparison. Everyone say comparison comparison. I think it's so profound. And I think it's something that actually causes a lot of problems in our society, and our life. I think we live in the information age, which means we have more information than we've ever had. And we also have, we have information about the world. We have maps. We have different things. But we also have more information about each other's lives and how things work than we ever have before. And it can make us ask, like, am I missing it and I'm, am I doing this right? And it can also make us just feel bad. Um, one thing that I see, I'm creative and so I'm always looking online for inspiration, I'm always looking online for like, what's cool, what's fancy, big ideas, and then I see something online and I see it look so easy, like those DIY YouTube videos and that sort of stuff, and they're like, oh, that looks so easy, and then I try to do it myself. Have you ever had that experience? You see it online and then you try to do it yourself and it doesn't turn out so well. That happens to me sometimes. And I actually take solace when it happens to other people. Like one of my favorite websites is Pinterest Fails where it shows actually like Pinterest projects crafts that went horribly, horribly wrong. Like, look at this right here. This is a picture of BB-8, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and so this is actually a BB-8 cake. You can see, look at all that fondant, kind of beautifully made, and so, this is like a master baker who tried to do it, and then when I try to do it, it turns out like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it doesn't go, go too well. Or you know, you look at like Minnie Mouse, I'm a huge like, you know, Disney fan, and so Minnie, look at that Minnie Mouse cake, fawn and again, it's like so beautiful, and so you're like, that doesn't look too hard, I'll do it myself, and it turns out like this. <laughs> I'm frightened. <laughs> it's like, terrifying. Or you know you you look at you know my kids big frozen fans they love like Olaf and so like oh okay like a happy like Olaf tree like we can make that and so I try one and it turns out like this <laughs> <laughs> going to give us all nightmares. Okay, and so, uh, you know, we talked about baby dedication. Maybe you see the, like, photos. Like, people take such cute photos. Like, there's this photo right here of this little baby. I know. Oh, isn't it so cute? And so you're like, oh, I can do that. I'll just put my baby in a pumpkin. What could go wrong? And then it turns out like this. <laughs> i know or you see another baby photo where it's like oh look at this like cute little baby. i know oh cute little baby just tucked away in a truck and you're like all right i can do that and then it turns out like this (laughs) 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 this is why they don't let me speak very often uh (laughs) and so we see things and we think like oh you know like i can try it myself and then we feel this kind of like Frustration and shame when it doesn't turn out the way that we want it to, and I think comparison is something that really takes a hold in our life. I think uh, we—I saw a survey recently that Austin and the greater Austin area is one of the most isolated feeling places in the country. People are moving here all the time. People are coming here, and, and people who like met a couple this morning who's like, "Ah, oh, we're like South Austin originals. We're kind of from here," and it's like more and more. It's just like, "Oh, we're getting overwhelmed." Well, what happens is we get we get Uh, wider and wider and wider, but our relationships get thinner and thinner and thinner. Our relationships now, I find, are like a mile wide and an inch deep. And that isolation happens so many times often because that comparison comes in our life and we're always comparing ourselves. I want to ask you this question this morning. When was the last time you compared yourself to someone else? Like, think about it, be honest. When was the last time you compared yourself to someone else? Was it this morning? Was it last night? Was it last week, last month? If you've made it more than a month, congrats. You're a better person than I am. I think like I've probably compared myself like six times this morning. I look at name tags and I see like all the pretty writing on name tags and I'm like, I'm like my handwriting is not, I mean, you, if you know me, you've seen my handwriting. It, it is not good and so I'm like, I'm not even gonna wear a name tag. I like, I'm too embarrassed, I don't have it. I look at, some of you make coffee, and you're like baristas. You do coffee, and then a layer of cream, then a layer of coffee, and I'm like, wow, so complex. And my coffee's just like not as pretty as your coffee. I looked at, you know, my, my kids. I remember like, especially when I had little kids, you would take them to the check-in line. And other kids were like, yes, I would love to go to class and learn about Jesus. And they're just all like sweet. My kids are like setting something on fire in the corner. Like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, we can't go to this church anymore. <laughs> like, ah, what did I do wrong with my parents? And, You know, I see some people at a party and it's just like, everyone flocks around that person and is laughing at all their jokes and they're so charming. And then have you ever had this happen? Then you walk up and it goes silent. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, what's wrong with me? Like, (laughs) I'm charming, I'm great. And then it's like, do they know something about me that I don't know? We're comparing ourselves all the time, all the time. And so then we're like, okay, I can't do it. I'm not gonna like, I'm in a party, I'm in a public place, I don't wanna do it. And so we're like, okay, I'll go to my phone and I'll feel safe here. Only we open up our phone and it gets worse. We look at Instagram and we're like, wow, look at that. They took their family to Hawaii. We can never afford a trip to Hawaii. We look up Facebook and we're like, oh man, that was such a clever status. Like I can never do that. We, we post something on Twitter and we say, ah, I have no retweets. That person has like 100 retweets. What was wrong with my tweet? We look at Snapchat, and I don't know how Snapchat works. I'm not 12. <laughs> but you know, we have these things on our phone, and we compare all the time over and over and over again. And our phones actually are one of the way, places that make us feel bad, feel horrible. You get it, right? We compare ourselves all the time. And so today, I'm going to ask you to stop doing something. You're gonna nod your head. You're gonna say, this is a good thing. I should stop comparing myself. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna do it again. You're not gonna to want to. You're gonna say, he's right. I shouldn't have compared myself, but then you're gonna fall into that comparison. And when you fall into the comparison, the lies kind of trickle in or even worse, the truth is a comparison can lead you to really bad decisions. Comparison can lead you to make small mistakes and big mistakes. This is a story that I tell about like this time that I had really compared myself, like Pastor Ross, he's so great, he, he's such an awesome guy, such a great dad, he has this story, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but he has this story where he goes and he takes Taylor on this roller coaster, this is when Taylor was much younger, uh, when Taylor was, like young, he takes him on a roller coaster and Taylor's like crying and is like, dad, I don't wanna do it, and Ross is like, you know what, son, you can do this, I believe in you. And he and Taylor go on this amazing roller coaster and they get at the end and he's like, dad, thank you for teaching me to be brave. You were such a great dad, I love you. And they hug and they hold hands and they walk off into the sunset. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I wanna be like Ross Parsley. I can be a dad just like that. And so I went and I took my daughter to this like water park. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm gonna like, give her this like, brave moment. And so we were there and we we're at this water park and there's this water slide, this tube slide. And she's like, I really don't wanna go down that tube slide and I was like, you know what, honey? Sometimes in life, we have to go and we have to face those fears. And I was like, I was like Teddy Roosevelt. I was like, when we face those fears, we learn that we are strong and we are brave and we can kind accomplish of anything. And I promise you, if you listen to your dad, you will not regret it. And so she's like crying, she's like, "Uh, uh, your speech is not working, I really don't want to do this. I'm like, no, we're going to go, we're going to do this. And so we go, and we go all the way up to the top of the line, and she's really scared, and she's kind of there, and she has her little tube, and she gets in, and she looks at me like, dad, are you sure this is okay? And I'm like, you know, like, (laughs) it's going to be great. (laughs) And so she goes, and she flings herself in the tube and starts going down, and then I look, and I'm just kind of there, like whoa. I'm just there and I'm just kind of looking over the edge, like making sure it's going to go great. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and she like doesn't come out of the water slide. (laughs) It's like 30 seconds, one minute, 90 seconds. And I look over the lifeguard and I was like, what's happening here? And the lifeguard looks at me and is like, well, sometimes they get stuck. (laughs) I was like, what? Sometimes they get stuck, and she's like, Yeah, so sometimes they get stuck. And I was like, Well, what do you do? She's like, Well, someone can just kind of like nudge them and bump them out. And so I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do it. And so all of a sudden, I was there, and I was like, I had a dad moment. And so instead of like teaching dad, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna be brave, strong, heroic dad. So I grabbed my inner tube, I flung myself in, and I said, Juliana, don't worry, your father is coming, and he is coming to the rescue. I'm like yelling this in the tube, only it's a really tight tube, water's running, and so it just sounds like this to her. (laughs) Like this death metal band is like coming on her. (laughs) And so I hear like screams and crying, and in my head it's like, it's okay, little flower, dad loves you. (laughs) But in reality it's like, (laughs) it's like totally crazy. And so then I go, and I bump this like screaming monster thing, like bumps into her tube. I start like pushing her out, and then her tube hits, like it's like this. Her tube hits the, like, the water and it flips over like this. So it like pancakes her down in the water. And then I flip out of the water and smack her down like, like all the way down into the ground. And I'll never forget this, she's like down on the ground and she's in the water and I'm like out. And she gets up and her face is covered in blood. <laughs> and she looks at me and she's like, Dad, I am never listening to you again. <laughs> My story didn't end up like Ross and Taylor where it was all happy and peaceful. This happens to me all the time where I'm like, oh, I see someone else do something. I'm like, I can do that and it turns out so much worse. And I think this happens in a lot of ways, in a lot of profound ways. We get into debt because we think, hey, other people have that, I should have that too. We cheat on our spouses because we say, other people seem so happy, I want what they have, maybe I can find it somewhere else. We isolate ourselves because we think, you know what? I'm not there, I don't belong, and so everyone else seems to like those people. They don't like me the way they like other people, so I'm just gonna isolate, I'm not gonna do it. This idea of comparison actually gets drilled into us. As a kid, remember picking teams at recess? Remember that feeling? Okay, where do you lie? You know, where are you there? I was not always the first picked. High school, your best friend gets that acceptance letter to the college while you've got a third rejection letter in a row. Post-college, all your friends are getting married, you're still single even though you wanted it. You wanted to be married. What's wrong with me? What went wrong? An adult, you see other friends getting promotion, having that career, having that different thing. Why can't I have that? Why do they deserve it and I don't deserve it? Now your kids are grown and your kids actually pick your in-laws instead of you to spend Christmas with. Why do they like them more than me? We have these things happen all the time. We're comparing ourselves all the time. And it drives isolation and fear. And so what I want you to do is think about something this morning. And I actually want you to either write it down or just think about this. What's the most damaging comparison in your life right now? What's the most damaging comparison in your life right now? You probably have something coming to mind. And I want you to really, like, don't just sit there passively, think about it. Write it down if you want. What's that, most comparison? What's, that most, what's that most damaging comparison? You see, comparison is a game you can't win. There's this quote I found that said, comparison is like a defibrillator for insecurity and pride. It charges them up and brings them back to life. And so comparison says, I'll never be as happy, I'll never be as spiritual, I'll never be as healthy. I can never do that the way someone else does. And we know, we know what comparison does. Comparison is the thief of all Joy. Say it. Comparison is the thief of all joy. the thief of all joy. And so we fall into this comparison trap over and over again. And I want to give you five ways to avoid the comparison trap. Five ways. So when you, because it's going to come for you, and when you see these things happen, you're like, okay, stop. It's a trap. If you've ever seen Return of the Jedi, there's Admiral Artbar, and he's there. He's like the fish looking dude. And he's like, it's a trap. You know, like, that's what I want you to do. When you find yourself going to these things, say, okay, I am not going to fall into this trap. So, number one, everyone say number one. one. Stop listening to others' comparisons of you. Stop listening to it. There's this incredible story in the First uh, Samuel, which goes like this. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, so this is David killing Goliath. Everyone know that story, the Bible story? David kills Goliath, one of the most famous Bible stories there is. The women came out of the town of Israel to meet King Saul, with singing and dancing. And so this was a joyful moment with joyful songs and timbrels and lyres. And they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. So Saul, who was the king, was very angry. This rephrase displeased him greatly or displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on Saul kept a close eye on David. So Saul is the king, the first appointed king in Israel in a long, long time. If you look at the book of Judges, they didn't have uh, kings because they had different judges, different rulers. But the people of Israel said, no, we want a king. And so they appointed Saul. They finally had a king. He had everything that he could possibly want, but he was still jealous of what David had. David did this incredible victory. And instead of cheering David on, Saul started comparing himself to David. And that comparison opened something up in his heart. Go down to verse 10 where it says this. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying his house while David was playing his lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David and had departed from Saul. And so that comparison goes, opens the gateway from evil, and actually God's anointing leaves Saul because it's just, it couldn't live there with that comparison, with that jealousy. And that would define Saul for the rest of his life. He would never recover. This first great king of Israel, who's known throughout scriptures, he never recovered from that comparison. You see, Saul had reason to be angry. The other's words were painful. But all he was, was he was kind of looking at that comparison. And I think when we let our lives be defined by comparison to someone else, it can be so hurtful. If you've ever had someone say, ah, your presentation wasn't as good, your outfit wasn't as nice, your voice isn't as beautiful, your house isn't as well-kept, you'll never be as successful as fill in the blank. This is a set trap Saul drove into, and it drove him mad. Saul had everything but David was more, loved, and that defined Saul's life. Number two is this, Believe there is a purpose only you can fulfill. You have to understand, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. 2 Corinthians 10, I love this uh, verse, says this. Now that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare to themselves with one another, they are without understanding. The message says it like this. We're not understand- putting ourselves in a league with those who boast they're our superiors. We wouldn't dare do that. But in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. See, a lot of times we measure ourselves against someone else and we miss the point. We look at what someone else is versus saying, God, who am I? Like stop spending so much time looking at other people saying, what are they doing? What's going on? And start spending more time, okay, God, who am I? And this is so much, this is so difficult to do. I remember when I was uh, right around really liking Sarah and we were like, first dating and that sort of thing, there was uh, this other guy who was like, she had gone on a few dates with, and this guy was 6'3", he was blonde, he was chiseled, he was division one athlete, he was the quarterback for the Air Force Falcons, and uh, her parents really liked him. And I remember thinking like, how can I compete? I mean, this may come as a shock to some of you, but I never played division one football. (laughs) Too much laughter right now. And so it was like, I can't compete with this guy. I can't do it, I can't compete. And I said, you know what, I don't have to. This is what I thought deep down. My name is Rob Stinnett. I know more about movies and TV shows than any human should. There are stories that God put in me that I'm gonna tell that are gonna change the world. Can I throw a ball? Not very straight. Can I fly a fighter jet? Probably into a mountain. But what I thought was, Sarah, I will love you and I will care for you every single day. You will never, ever, ever in your life find someone as loving and caring as I am. I will be an incredible father and I will be with you every single day. I don't have to compete with this 6'3 quarterback because I know who I am and I know who God has made me to be. (laughs) Comparison is a losing battle. Knowing who you are is the way to win. And you're not competing with the other people. Competing with other people makes you isolated. Knowing who you are actually helps other people rally around inside you in the purpose that God has for your life. And so, you know, it's easy. It's easy to let that comparison define you, but it doesn't have to. I think, number three, the other thing that we do is we compare our hardships, actually. This is an interesting one, but we, we need to stop comparing our hardships. I think we compare hardships in a way that isn't healthy. We, we almost treat our tragedies like it's an Olympic sport. Like, have you ever seen, you know, th- this is kind of like old school Olympics, they would do like gymnastics or ice skating and that sort of stuff, and the judges would actually like hold up a number. It'd be like, okay, they did a triple axel, and it was like, okay, that was a nine, or someone else did something, and it was like, okay, that was a six. Like the judges would actually hold up the different numbers. And sometimes what we do is we have the tragedy Olympics. We look at, like, different things, hardships that are going on in our life, and what we think is, like, oh, man, I lost my job, but that person over there just got a cancer diagnosis. And so I actually shouldn't, like... I should be grateful and I should be okay. And I shouldn't share what's going on in my life and my story because my hardship is not as hard as other person's. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to press it down and repress it and not deal with it because I should actually be thankful. I should actually be glad that I'm not going through that hardship. And so what we do is we, we play the tragedy Olympics and we think like, oh, I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't talk about it, I shouldn't be honest about these things because like, it isn't as hard as someone else. The truth is, your hardships are your hardships. Be honest about those, find a group, Find a place, find a group of friends that you can be really honest when you say, hey, I lost my job and I shouldn't have lost it and it wasn't fair and it stinks. And I know it's not the hardest thing in the world, but honestly, it's eating me up. Another person who says, hey, I got a diagnosis and I'm afraid, but will you, can I pray for you who lost a job? And that other person prays for them and we're honest about what's going on in our hearts and lives and we're not competing with each other, but instead we're like, you're dealing with hardships, I'm dealing with hardships, let's be really honest with each other and lift each other up. That's when healthiness comes. So don't feel like, okay, I can't talk about these things because then what we do is if you repress them, then all of a sudden you'll find other ways to medicate. You'll find other ways to deal with it because the lie is like, uh, you shouldn't talk about that hardship. You shouldn't talk about what's being frustrating to you. You shouldn't talk about that because it's not really worthy of being talked about. That's a lie. Be honest with it, find a group of people, build trust, take time, and then find those people who's like, hey, this is a hardship right now, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's not the Olympics. It's actually like, this is what's going on in my heart. And I know it's not a big deal, but would you pray with me? And when we're that honest, when we stop comparing ourselves, but instead just say, here I am, here's my story, here's what's going on. That's when God can do a work. I think a couple of verses about this. Uh, Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has a great power as it is working. Romans 12 says this. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Number four is this. Stop asking what if. The truth is we not only compare ourselves with others, we actually compare ourselves with ourselves. This is where it gets a little trippy, okay? And so there's something actually called the multiverse uh, that's actually becoming really popular in pop culture right now. All the nerds are like, oh yeah, I didn't know we were getting a multiverse sermon today. And so uh, I'm I'm with you. And so there's actually, you know, this movie coming out, Doctor Strange, and it talks about the multiverse. And it's this idea of string theory. And you're like, Rob, what are you talking about? Here's the idea. Let's say that, like, I'm here, you're here, and we have a job in Austin, and we've got a job offer in Cleveland. And so there's one reality where we have our life here in Austin, and then another reality where we took that job in Cleveland. And so the multiverse actually like is, they show what would happen in those different stories. Now, I don't really believe in the multiverse, I don't think it's a thing, but I do believe in the multiverse in our minds. Okay, so what I believe that happens is, we keep that job in Austin, but what we do is we compare our own choices and we say, "Ah, I missed it. If I would have taken that job in Cleveland, I would have been happier. If I would have kept the other friends, I would have been happier. If I would have married that other person, I would have been happier. If I would have not married that other person, I, like all these different lies and these different things start to come in and we compare ourselves with ourselves, Stop it. Stop living in that reality. That's not what we're supposed to do. That's why I love this idea. Love one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. You see, The reality is, you have made some bad choices. You've made some bad choices, and those choices have cost you, and you're gonna make those again. But what the cross says is, those choices don't define your life, they don't define your heart, they don't define your story. You made a good choice, you make some good choices. You know how I know? You came to church this morning, all right? And so you got that going for you. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. And so there are, there are difficult choices and there are good choices, but no matter what, don't live in the what if. Don't live, uh, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? What if, what if, what if, what if? That's the voice of the devil. That's the voice of paralysis. The voice that you need to hear is like, no, this is who I am and this is who I'm made to be. Proverbs 16, nine says this, the heart of the man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You see, we need to like look up and have an eternal perspective. We actually need to see things the way that God sees them, which is like, hey, there is hope and there is reality for you and like, like what's happening in your life, sometimes you don't fully understand. There's actually, I talk about Eternals' perspective a lot, but there's actually a song. Has anyone ever seen the film Prince of Egypt? Like this uh, awesome film, like 1998 DreamWorks film, it came out, and there's this song in the film that I truly love that actually says, what would happen if you stopped looking at your life through your own eyes? And it invites you to look at your life through heaven's eyes. So I'm gonna go and I wanna actually play this song in just a moment and I'll just kinda like mouth the words. I'm not gonna like get overly animated or anything, but I'm just gonna mouth the words so you can like picture them, you can read them on the screen in your mind and I want you to let these words soak in. So I'm gonna be calm and I'm just gonna like mouth the words and I want you to think about them as I do that, all right? So here we go to Lou, play the song Heaven's Eyes.
1: If a man lose everything he owns, has he truly lost his worth or is it the beginning? of a new and brighter birth. So how do you measure the worth of a man in wealth or strength or size? in how much he gained, or how much he gave? The answer will come. The answer will come to him who tries to look okay. at his light through heaven's eyes. And that's why we share all we have with you, though there's little to be found. When all you've got is nothing, there's a lot to go around. No life can escape being blown about by the winds of change and chance. And though you never know all the steps, you you must learn to join the dance. You must learn to join the dance.
0: What just happened? And I don't know, did you hear the words? If a man loses everything he's worth, has he truly lost his worth? Or is it the beginning of a new and brighter birth? There's so many things that happen in our life that do not make sense. There are pastoral appointments that I have that are like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't understand and I have the full perspective. But what I know is there's is a God in heaven who is with you and trusts you and I'm gonna walk alongside you. And this church, that's what we have to say. We can't understand everything that happens but we have to have faith in God and love each other and God will pull us through, amen? Number five is this, stop devaluing others and celebrate them. Stop devaluing others and celebrate them. The thing that will really actually make this work is this point here. This message is not something you fix and all. It's something you have to return to. Uh, and the opposite of this is the idea of, like, pride. And the Germans actually have a word for this, which is schadenfreude. Pleasure derived from the misery of others. It literally means harm joy. And so I think a lot of times I, it's easy for me to have jealousy and comparison going, and I want others to suffer, so then it's like, okay, well, I'm suffering, and then they're suffering too, and whenever I've felt that, especially to like people who I'm petty against or whatever else like that, I have to check and stop, and I say, why am I devaluing others? Why am I not celebrating them? I can never be as energetic as David Campos. That guy is energy in a bottle, but when he's up here, I am laughing and cheering along with him because I love that man, and I know he loves Jesus, and I'm like, I love David. I'm with him, I can't be as servant-hearted as Heather Bradley. She is such an amazing groups director who is going and like, ter- caring for other people, but I'm like, look at Heather, look at the way that she cares for other people. I cheer her on. I will never as a voice as beautiful as Pastor Ross, but I love that man, and I'm with him, and I'm like, okay, I'm celebrating what God's doing in his life and his story, and when I start celebrating other people and take my focus on myself and look around at all the other people and I take pride and I take joy in what God is doing in their life, it breaks comparison off me more than anything else. And I believe that for you. I believe it. You see, comparison is like a grease fire. It doesn't go away easy. You have to be intentional about your mindset. You have to like actually, if you throw water at a grease fire, like have you ever seen that happen before? My dad has this story when he was a kid, there was like bacon fire in our kitchen and my mom goes to like grab water and he's like, no! And the water goes, throws in the kitchen, lights everything up and he takes baking soda and it actually takes something a little bit counterintuitive to put out that fire. It takes intentionality to put out the fire of comparison. And so you're going to compare yourself again. That's not going to go away. But when it does, when you feel comparison going, what I'm asking you today is to be a little self-aware of how it happens. My youth uh, group, my pastor was named Chris Hodges and he's pastor of the Ark now, he's one of our overseers but I remember growing up with him in youth group in summer camp and him telling me uh, I got into some trouble and I was getting into trouble and I remember him pulling me aside and he's like, he's like, Rob, why are you getting into so much trouble? And I was like, "I I don't know, it's just the way I'm wired, like I can't help it. And he's like, okay, he's like, well, can you go like the rest of the week at camp without getting in trouble? And he's like, I'm like, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can go the rest of the week. And he's like, okay. Can you go the rest of the day without getting in trouble? And I was like, lot can happen in a day, Pastor Chris. Lot can happen. Don't think I can do it. And he's like, all right. Can you go the next hour without getting in trouble? I was like, ah, it's lunch. Lunch is coming up. I don't know if I can go an hour. He's like, okay. Can you go a minute without getting in trouble? I was like, maybe a minute. He's like, Rob. Can you go a second without getting in trouble? One second. I said, okay, fine. I can go a second without getting in trouble. He said this, well then live life by the second. And that's what I want to tell you. Like, ah, I started comparing myself again. I started falling into that trap. Don't do it, don't let it happen. And if it does, live life by the second. Say, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna refocus on the cross, refocus my heart and my thought, and I'm not gonna let those comparisons take a hold of my life. I'm not going to let them wreck friendships. I'm not going to let them destroy me at work. I'm not going to let them wreak havoc on my family. I'm going to give them to you, God, because I don't want to hold them anymore.